Thank you, Brother Wayne, Sister Marilyn, Brother Bo. It's a blessing to be here this morning. I'm glad to be one of you that's uh, come this way this morning for this morning's service. And I appreciate the Lord meeting with us uh, last night in a mighty way. And, and I'm looking forward to meeting with us again today. And uh, sometimes I, I think about the day services and, and down through the years, and I know a lot of churches now, they're not as popular as they used to be, but uh, I've been in some sweet day services, I really have, where, and I want to encourage you today to just mind God and do what He gave you to do. Preacher, brethren, we love you today. I want you to mind God. If the Lord gives you anything, uh, you just be up and about the Lord's business today. Continue to pray for Brother Dustin. Uh, the Lord helped him last night. Brother Dustin hadn't felt too good physically, but uh, you couldn't tell it last night in his preaching. He, he really... Uh, hammered down and preached to us Amen. last night. Uh, had one get saved last night, and we were thrilled about that. One we've been praying for for a long time. And so uh, you pray for little Kelton and uh, that, that uh, he'll just grow in the Lord and that uh, we'll support him and, and be what uh, I told him last night. I said, a lot of times I know when somebody, when they first find the Lord, the first thing that happens is the devil gets on their trail and tries to uh, bother them and disturb them. But uh, I want us to pray and take him up under our wings today. Amen. And uh, I'm just so happy to be here uh, today. Let's just mind the Lord. Let's do what God would have us to do. Let's just uh, relax. I thought this morning as we were meditating and about this service that I just prayed that the Lord would uh, have me to do whatever he would have, have me to do. And, 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 and I've said before, not coming in with anything planned out. Uh, I have found that if I'll just trust in Him, let Him lead, guide, and direct in all things, uh, that then good things will happen. And, and as long as He's in leadership and in guidance, we have a tendency sometimes uh, to want to get a little ahead of the Lord, and uh, we, we, we think we know what's best, but He knows what's best in every service. So uh, let's pray, and uh, we're going to ask Brother Michael, if he will, to take us to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to turn it back over uh, to the song leaders, and uh, and we're going to go to meeting. Brother Steve, before I pray, uh, the song he sang, Holy, Holy, you know, one of the things that, that really stuck out to me the two weeks I spent in Israel reminded me how many things happened on top of mountains. You know, God is holy, Amen. and he calls man up. You know, Moses met with him in the mount. Sure. Uh, Elijah on Mount Carmel. The transfiguration was on a mountain. How God, God will reach down for us, but He doesn't want to stoop down to us. He wants us to come up, up out of the miry clay. But I always thought about Israel being pretty flat, but there's a lot of mountains, and God is always calling man up higher sure. to His holiness. Okay. Uh, it's one of the things that really stuck out to me. Let us pray. Father, we bow this morning, Father, realizing that we can't even comprehend how holy You are. Father, as a sinful creature that we are, but Father, we're thankful that You shared some of that holiness with us yes. one Tuesday night. Thank You, Father, for this day, each one that's come this way. Father, as we end this revival, we pray, Father, that it be a special one to us. We thank You for what You've already done in this church. Father, for the blessings that you've given us, we realize, Father, that it all has come from you. It's nothing we've done. Yes. But, Father, it's just been your grace. Pray you'd be in this service. Be with each one that's here. Father, if there be a message, would you be with the one that you've laid it on his heart? 
giving freedom of speech, but above all, anointing with your spirit in you, we pray. Thank you for this day and the opportunity and privilege to meet with the church. In Jesus' name, amen.
yours. Jesus is mine. Does anyone have a word of testimony? Bless you. You like the Lord this morning. Mind the Lord this morning. Mind the Lord. We have so much to praise Him for. You know, so much to praise Him for. Let's look at another one right here. Look at two. Why do my little notes right here? I had, I had several of them wrote down. Look at page 6 and 9. He leadeth me. We'll sing this one right here. If anybody don't have anything, we'll turn it over to Brother Dustin. 6 9. 6 9. Is that right? Yes, he leadeth. I thought you said that you leadeth. No, he leadeth me. He leadeth me? Yeah. Thank <laughs> 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 you.
And I pray for Augustine to get good today from this old flesh that we are, and he can tell us some good news. That's what I come for is to get fed on the sure. inside. And I appreciate this church, appreciate the good news I heard. And we got here, and I thank God for all he's doing. That's remember us, remember our home, remember our church. Amen. God bless God is good, isn't he? Yes, he is. God is good. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. God is so good. Amen. I am so thankful for the children that we've seen. Bless her heart. And, it, and the people that we've had come in church, they got, they got children. Sure. Yeah. And I want to see them saved. I want to see my family saved. Just about 3.30 this morning, I woke up. I was praying for healing of your body. But if it didn't come, I wanted the church to help you out. God bless her the she needs. And it's my prayer that church will be Brother Dustin up. If it's time for him to preach, that's good. It is God who wants the church to help you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Amen. It's your time. Amen. Brother, I kept him over. I'm a stranger, but. No stranger in God's house is. We're all his children. Sure. I'd like to get through the same precious memories of thinking the precious memories I have. The good times I had churches like here, welcome down all the street. Most precious memory was 1950, August 1950, the revival. I'm a little bit fuller. Been going to order. Couldn't get satisfied. Brother Herbert Bird was our pastor, Brother Walter Walter, Bangers. I went to the altar that time and I told the good Lord, I said, if you don't take me, the devil will get me. Then it recognized I turned it all over to him and I worshiped him. And things didn't kind of go quiet. And the little boy took words that bird. That bird never been back. He just, that's the most precious memory of my life. Yeah, precious memory there when my wife was saved. She, she hadn't been saved. At the time we got married, I walked me home from Nashville, Tennessee, and I walked over to her. The bunny had me feel didn't. Take no way that she got up. She was saved that night. One precious memory one most of you probably know the thing is holy, my mother-in-law. We walked to her house that morning, went up to her house, and I walked up to the back of the He went in the kitchen. She was standing there cooking. I told her, Miss Poe, Lynette got saved last night. She looked. 
burning pride and a little smile come on. I don't know if he didn't have him here, but he just turned back, turned away. She never knew whether she shouted in church, but I believe that would have been one time she had a shouted. Bless her heart, she didn't know what to do. She was so happy. Those are precious memories. Yes, they are. Hear about these. A friend told me that Pine had about five or six baptized sons. He was one of them. He had one saved last night. What a wonderful God's still working. The baddest thing they're looking. God's still with us, isn't he? Yes, he is. Y'all I like to say precious memories. Look to page 93 in the church. 93.
Victory in Jesus.
Well, the morning, I'd like to um, say I, I appreciate what I felt in the service thus far. And, uh, I thought about the song we sang a while ago, uh, This Is My Story, This Is My Song, and then we sang Precious Memories, and there's a verse in there that talks about old home scenes from our childhood. And, and I'm glad that I've got a story uh, today, a testimony. Uh, and and uh, I never have kept a diary. A lot of people write down and date different things that happen throughout their life. And I guess that's a good thing because as our memories get uh, to failing us, we could look back and, and see. But, uh, but I pondered back. I always try to think back to when I first uh, began to realize I was in this world. And a lot of people, it happens at different, uh, different ages, but I go back and I remember um, um, going into kindergarten and, and uh, back then it wasn't required, but uh, the church had a kindergarten there and we, I remember going there and I wasn't really excited about, about going. And then I remember going into uh, first grade and, uh, and, and I guess things that terrify you when you're a kid, they stick in your mind and, and, and you remember them for a long time. And, uh, I remember first grade and I can remember going and being so afraid, being separated from my mom and my family and, and, and thinking that I was going to be there uh, in that classroom for six or eight hours. And, and I remember the fear that uh, came upon me. But I remember uh, my card class in Sunday school. I remember that uh, we had a sweet elderly woman. She was a pretty heavy set woman. I remember her teaching our card class. and I. I remember her dwelling on, on uh, uh, Noah's Ark and teaching us about that and about the three Hebrew children uh, being cast into the fire furnace and she could paint a, she could paint a vivid picture of that and, and, uh, and, and, and I thought about it. She put such a memory or such a picture into my mind that uh, later on when I would uh, see a furnace or uh, uh, see something hot, I would think about that fire furnace. But, I remember growing on up and uh, uh, going into uh, junior high school and, 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 and maturing a little bit and, and then going on into, into high school and by that time I got to liking school a little bit better. And, and, uh, but I remember the Lord reaching down one night uh, when I was laying in the bed and I lost and undone without God and uh, not knowing how to get saved and I had had people to counsel me and tell me what I needed to do. I had had preachers preach the gospel that showed me that what I needed in my life. But I'm glad that night, uh, laying in the bed, there was nobody around except me and the Holy Ghost and the Spirit uh, dealing with me and letting me know uh, that I needed a Savior. And he reached down and I reached up. I appreciate what Brother Michael said. He doesn't want to have to stoop down, but he wants to reach down and us to reach up to him. And I reached up and I got saved. And, and, uh, and, I, and I wished I could tell you that uh, I got on the straight and narrow path at that time, but uh, I backslid and did a lot of things that I'm not uh, proud of today. But as I went on through my teenage years and my early 20s, and I realized that I could see the church and I could see folks living right around me, and I knew uh, that uh, I was supposed to be living closer to the Lord than I was living. And I, I remember asking God and, 
And, and you know, you feel guilty when you pray to God when you're not where you ought to be with God. And I knew that I wasn't. I wasn't active in church. And I had let my uh, life just uh, kind of do what I wanted to do. But I remember asking God, I said, God, uh, I'm ready to settle down and I'm tired, Lord, of, of drifting around and dating this one and that one and, and it not working out. And God, I want to I settle down. I would like to have a family, uh, Lord. And, and, and I know that I'm not worthy for you to give that to me because I hadn't been living like I ought to live. But I told him this. I said, Lord, I want to get in church and I want to find somewhere where you want me to be, God. And I want to get established in it, Lord. I want, I want you to fill my life with whatever you got uh, for me. And I, I went and I put my life uh, into the church. And I thought it'd take a little while for God uh, to start uh, giving me that that I asked for. But brother, it didn't take no time. As soon as I got my life uh, in the church, amen, I, the Lord introduced me to Belinda. I don't believe I'd been there but a couple of Sundays. And, and all of a sudden we started dating and and uh, wasn't very long after that till I asked her to marry me and uh, God gave us a family and he's been blessing ever since. And I, I thought about how he had every right. I, I, during that time that I was living in a backslid I condition, I, I, when I didn't think anything about going to church, I'd go on Easter to please my mama. I, but I thought about he had every right I, I, just to push me to the side and not give me anything in life. I, I, but he chose to bless me and he's poured out blessings in my life joy unspeakable and full of glory I've told the church here several times that ever so often I try to sit down and take inventory of what God has done for me and I just run out of paper I couldn't put it all down of what God's blessed me for and I don't see any reason now how to turn back the other way I want to go for it today and I know that I'm not always what I'm supposed to be but I'd like to try for the rest of my few days on this earth I'd like to try to praise him and lift him up that others might see him and be drawn to him today amen, amen. boy I tell you I have a yearning when I look at young folks kids young married couples when I look at them I'm thinking boy I hope they'll put their life in the church and trust in the Lord because I know that if he blessed me the way he's blessed me, Sister Patsy, that he'll do them the same way. And I'm persuaded that every husband and wife that will dedicate their life, dedicate their family to the Lord, get in the church and start working. I don't believe you can do it without being in the church today. Well, I've visited around people and, and I've, I've invited them to church and I've had more than one tell me, well, me and our wife, we just have church at home. And, and, and I tell you today, I, I'm glad that men and women don't just have church at home. I'm glad we've got somewhere to go. I went crazy during COVID. Those few <laughs> weeks we didn't have service, amen. And I'd turn on the TV there and watch one of our local preachers, and I got a blessing out of it. But I'm going to tell you, there's something about being over to house of God with God's people. This is my charging station yeah, my, today, amen. My battery gets weak. And when I get over here and I start hearing the testimonies of folks, I start hearing good preaching, amen, and I start hearing the songs, I tell you what, it just charges me up and helps me go. But that's my story today, amen. And I, and I, I look back, and they are, there's some precious memories. Boy, I look back, 
amen, in my childhood, and, and I do. I, I was one of them, uh, I was one of them that came up in a pretty stable household, and I know that's not real common in the day and time that we live, but I don't ever take that for granted, that I came up in a stable household, amen, a mom and daddy that loved me, amen, I never saw them get in a big fight. I, I seen them argue with one another every now and then. I never seen them get in a big fight. I've never seen us go without. I've always seen food on our table, amen. God's blessed me. He's given me a good story, amen. And if things go south from here on out, amen, I will have every reason to raise my hand and praise amen. God for what He's already done amen. in my life. I love the Lord today. I do. Amen. Amen. You have a testimony. Well, I wasn't raised in a Christian home per se. I just have people, just like a brother that shared, you know, my parents divorced and I had shared with y'all. I think I went to nine different schools. I think that's what I counted and got up to. And I really never knew where I was going to be living. If I was going to be grandparents or my mother or my dad or whoever. I mean, it was just always. I never knew that Jesus knew. Because it's like every time I could steal, from the time I was in the second grade, I was in the hospital, and I was born with uh, bronchial asthma, and it was really bad. I used to get pneumonia like three or four times a year and put in the hospital with Caroline. And the doctors, I could hear them talking, they would tell my mother that my heart couldn't take much more. I had so many uh, episodes of that. And right after that, my parents went up divorcing and some other things, not because of that. But I remember I was alone in that hospital room and my parents were not there and there's nobody there and in the second grade. And I can remember Lena being so scared of that oxygen tent, old-timey tanks, you know, you got all that stuff. That, and being so terrified of, of that thing ever running out of air. Well, it did actually run out of air that night, you know, and I got scared. I was crying, you know, and the nurse came in, she changed it out and went out, and boy, I just remember laying there just crying and thinking, man, I'm just so alone, so alone. And I remember looking, and there was a light that was by the door. It just, when they shut these big old doors, I'm like, God, I didn't care what I thought back then, through that old, but, and big old heavy doors, you know, they were dark, it was just real loud. I mean, the dungeon to me as a kid, you know. But I remember seeing that light in my room, and I knew it was Jesus. I knew his presence came in that hospital room. And I could feel the presence of God as a child, in the, you know, in the second grade. And I knew Jesus was with me. And I I knew that he was just telling me, through my spirit, peace be still. Everything's going to be all right. And I slept that night in that oxygen, you know, tent. And I could just feel the power of God on me, even as a little child. So really, after that, it really didn't matter where I wound up in the nine years, you know, wherever I was at, you know, um, God was with me, and I could just feel His presence, and um, and I knew that He was telling me, when you grow up, you'll understand this. Like, because I, I used to say, you know, Lord, why can't I have a home? You know, I look at my friends, all their parents were married, and. Okay, and I, I just couldn't understand, well, why can't I be in a house like that before? So you're going to understand. You're going to understand. And I, I feel like God has used those experiences to teach me to have more love and compassion on people that just are not born 
in these these beautiful settings and to just seek out I guess I don't know how to say it but it's like when I go somewhere I always just think something in me just draws me to people that just look so lonely that look so unloved it's just mm -hmm. it's like something just draws me to them and that's who I seek out and I know when we left here last night after I had shared with y'all we were driving down the road here and I there was a girl standing in the middle of the road. Standing in the middle of the road. High as a kite on drugs. And it's like God showed me, you know, when we were talking about a lost and dying world that's out there. And the Lord showed me to see if it hadn't been for me, that could be you. Sure. Church. I had never shared, I don't share this often, but I had a, a bunch of marijuana on me at the time when I got witness to. And uh, they we went to this house, you know, and when I walked in, it was a fireplace that had a crown of thorns above that fireplace. And I remember looking at the crown of thorns, and it's like a sword just went in my heart. And I looked up, and I remember my two friends were with me, and they said, this is so funny, they, you know, because people were witnessing to all three of us, and they said, well, if anybody gets saved, it's not going to be her talking to me, you know. But I was full of God I went to church the following day, and oh, y'all, I was a mess. I looked, I used to wear all black. I had black fingernails, two inches long, rings. I had a black dress, long black hip boots, hair down to here. I was a mess. And we went to Shane's Valley Independent Church, went over there, and we sat in Sunday school and we were walking out. Oh, these people were so sweet to us because we looked so, I mean, we looked scary, both of us. We walked in. Now, I went home, I, heard, I sat on the front row of the guy in Sunday school, and then it's like the gospel was just, Jesus was just preaching right to me. And every word the pastor said was going right into my heart. And the Lord just said, oh, Maggie, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. And I could just hear his voice. And I went home. And I got in my bedroom by myself. I took that marijuana. I flushed it down the toilet. After I gave, I gave my heart to Jesus at 3 o'clock, February 11th, 1973. And I took that marijuana and flushed it down the toilet. And I said, Lord, I'm nervous. Well, I was flushing it down the toilet. My stepmother walked in. She says, what are you doing? Her first name of witness to me was my stepmother. And I said, I gave my heart to Jesus. And I'm flushing this down the toilet. She starts crying. And I wanted to pray with her to come back to the Lord. So I'm saying all this to say this. Just don't give up on your members of your family or people that God gives you an opportunity to go with this too, because you never know. If people had looked at the way I looked and judged me off of the way I looked, that would become near me. I looked like a witch. I mean, I was a scary looking person, but Jesus, 
he took the worst, the least, the scum of the earth, and said, I'm coming after you, girl, because he came after me. I didn't come after him. And I can take the glory for that, and he saved me. And, and he empowered me by the power of the Holy Spirit when I shared that prayer in the Spirit. He knew when I went back to school, I was going to be in mess because I had a lot of black friends. And when I went back, I had gone, got my hair cut, took all the clothes that I had, because I said, Jesus, these clothes are just, these are unacceptable. I took all those clothes, and all I had was one shirt and one pair of pants. Put them in a bag, and I said, Lord, I tore all these posters off the wall. I cleaned up my room. I mean, anything that I, I said, Holy Spirit, show me what does not need to be here. Show me. And I started cleaning out birds. I told my dad, I said, Dad, I want all this stuff burned. He's looking so confused. I said, Daddy, it's got to be burned. Just burn it off. And uh, I remember I thought, wow, I don't have any clothes to wear. I've got one pair of pants and a shirt. And I started praying. And I remember a lady called right before school was going to start on that Monday. And she says, I don't know why I'm calling you, but my daughter has all these clothes that I bought her. And they're really kind of, you know, the skirts are a little longer. And she doesn't like that. And da, da, da. God gave me two bags of brand new clothes. <laughs> Three days after birth, I and I went back to school, I had my hair cut. I walked in, no one knew who I was. They thought I was a new student. They kept saying, who are you? Who are you? And the teachers, I said, no, I'm Marvin. They said, you're not Marvin. Well, who are you now? <laughs> I mean, that's how the change from what Jesus can do. Sure. Yeah. And um, I just want us to be bold to go out here and go to the people that, you know, can look at me and think, I just couldn't witness to somebody like that. And yes, you can. Yes. I'm part of the Holy Spirit, and He will give you the power to be able to do that. And, and, and I look at that young woman, and I said, Kenneth, you know, I got, you know, the second time I've seen her in the middle of the road. And um, we've got to be bold because somebody cared enough. I just said, somebody cared enough. And then look, like I said, if you looked at me the way I looked, you'd have thought, man, I don't want to go here with Tim for Paul, you know. But Jesus looks beyond, and He sees what we can be. And I just give Him glory for that. And I think this church is such a special place. When I walk in here, I can feel the presence of His love. And I pray that everybody that walks in that door can feel that. No matter what background they come from, no matter who they are. But they can feel Jesus here and know this is a safe place. It's a place you can open your heart and be transparent who you are and grow. I'm grown so much by you precious ladies and you precious men. You, you're like my brothers and my sisters, really. Because I look at your lives and I think, wow, I see Jesus in you. And I thank you for that because I need that. I need that. I love y'all. And I want y'all to pray for this woman. I don't know who she is, but she's right she's right on the side where we hear all the time and it's like draws out. And um, I God knows who she is. But I pray I get to see her again and be able to share Jesus with her. Wayne, I've been dwelling on something since yesterday afternoon. Um, 
you know, Kim and uh, Madeline sang that sweet song, sang that yeah. sweet song yesterday, and, and on the way I took uh, Kim and Madeline home, and uh, Kim was asking me about my grandparents, you know, were, were they faithful in church? And I, I said, no, actually, neither set of my grandparents went to church, and actually, one set was pretty mean. <laughs> and, um, but I thought about, you know, my parents, they, they broke that, and, yeah. and it's because of them that I'm here today. And um, when Madeline was saved a couple of weeks ago, you know, I got back out. Uh, we got up, and Kim said, I've been praying for this a long time. I said, Kim, I've been praying for this since you were a little girl. I prayed for my generations to follow the Lord. Sure. And, um, and as Sister Maggie was talking about this young lady, and I thought about Pam. Pam wasn't raised in church. She came out of that. She, she was saved and she's faithful to church. And now her children are saved and faithful to the church. And then their children, I have no doubt, will be saved one day. Mm -hmm. And this lady that Sister Maggie was talking about, you know, we see these children, which is just, just, un, just you can't even describe the joy that's there. But if we could see somebody saved, like that young lady, we can have a generational impact. Amen. Even on this community. And there's, there's some verses I want to read. It's part of the Ten Commandments. It's in Exodus, the 20th chapter, the fifth, starting with the fifth verse. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. I'm talking about idols. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Here's the promise that is tremendous. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me. So what a generational impact that we can make if we could get out of our own circle and reach out to the, those who are at the, are, are at the very edges and, and you think, well, there's nothing that, that God can do for them. But that is not true. Right. You know, I had somebody, and I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, that said to me that if we come to church and we don't have drug addicts or prostitutes sitting in our congregation, we've not done our job. Because those are the very ones that are in the greatest sin that we need to reach. Sure. I was eight, year olds, eight years old when I got saved, but my sin was as great as theirs. Amen. So I want to encourage the church, and I need to get there too, to have a burden for those people that we can reach them. And, and what a generational impact, and how we can see a change in this community if we can do that. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you for saying. You know, this song is Sister was just sharing here, uh, came to my mind. Look at page 654. 654. Change my heart of God. You know, it's got some scripture up right too, and it's so true. So this song, speaking one thing, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Change my heart of God. You know, we got to start right here. Sure. we got to start right here.
you have anything you need to do or say, have you minded the Spirit? I'm thankful for the Lord meeting with us this morning. I pray that folks would be obedient to the Spirit. And I feel like that you have. Brother Dustin said he doesn't have anything any further. But I hope you've got a blessing out of being here today. I hope you've been fed. And I appreciate what's been said about what a lot of times we consider the undesirables, the people that maybe dress in a way that uh, we see offensive. But just like has been told by Sister Maggie and Sister Marilyn, these are the ones, these are the ones we need to be rich in for. And sometimes we have to go outside these doors to do that, to reach them. And uh, I've heard people say, well, we invite them to church, they know where it's at. Sometimes we've got to take it to them. There's so many people, and it's hard to believe this because of the love that surrounds each and every one of us, but there is so many people in this world today that really thinks that nobody loves them. Really thinks nobody loves them. I've heard testimonies of prisoners that are doing life in prison. And they've said, I didn't think anybody loved me. We can't fathom that, can we? We've been loved. And let's don't forget that there's a whole bunch of folks out there and it's our job to get out there with us to them. I appreciate Dr. Smith and, or um, Dr. Wilson and I had the opportunity sometime back to go down there and we and, and to preach and uh, they've got a church full of folks down there of people that uh, a lot of folks wouldn't want to be around them but that's who they're reaching out to. The drug addicts prostitutes, undesirables. Jesus was criticized for doing that in the time that he walked on this earth. The scribes and Pharisees had a big problem with him talking and witnessing to the people that he witnessed to. But he came to save those that were lost. Amen. Anybody else? <clears throat> Brother Steve, I, I, I don't know if, if after uh, Marilyn was talking about generational and this is how my family and Bobby and Pam's family are so tied together. Um, my grandfather was very dedicated to this church in the last few years of his life, but it, it wasn't that way all, all the time. Um, my grandfather and um, my great-grandfather got in a fight over a whiskey steel. And my grandfather put my great-grandfather, not, not his dad, but my granny's dad, in the bed for two weeks after he beat him with a stick. So, you know, but my grandfather <coughs> I went to Pleasant Grove and worked in the mines and got enough money to save to buy just over 200 acres up, up here and he brought his family back 
and started farming. And then he, and he got very dedicated to this church. Um, and he raised my dad and to be very dedicated to this church. And so we always came to the church. But then Lisa and Pam became such good friends and Pam came to this church and she got saved and then her and Bobby got married and Bobby uh, had already been saved in the little Dotson 210. But, uh, and, and Bobby and Pam were witnessing to Bobby's parents and they got back in church and then Bobby's mother, uh, Lisa and Jeff Landers were already married, but she kept after them to get in church. And they, they finally, uh, I think Jeff puts it, that they wanted to surprise his mother-in-law mm -hmm. and go to church. And Lisa and Jeff got saved the same day. And then, through the passage of time, Brother Jeff became our pastor. And so, you know, I see that as my grandfather's dedication led to, to a pastor that, that pastored his church many years after my grandfather had already been dead. And uh, there, there, there is gener generational change in families. And... Uh, it all it all circles around being dedicated to a church. Amen. Um, and you mentioned brother uh, or Dr. Smith. Uh, Dr. Smith reaches out very much to these type people you were talking about, drug addicts and prostitutes and all. So much that a drug dealer came up to Dr. Smith and said, "Dr. Smith, you're fishing in my pond." And uh, he kind of warned him, but, but Dr. Smith didn't slow down. Amazing. So it, it, is, it can be generational. Mm -hmm. and, and the other way, the generation, if, if, if you, you know, especially the fathers, if you were to, to get mad at something that the pastor said out of the, out of the uh, pulpit or, or maybe one of the... Uh, women upset you um, and and you quit going to church that will follow you through the third and fourth generation man and um, dr dobson said that his grandfather prayed for the souls of the of three generations after him and you know um, like my kids are both saved and their babies are about just babies. They're um, Abby and Brooks are, are four, and uh, little Rhett's just a couple of weeks. But I I pray that somewhere after they reach the age of accountability, that the good Lord will send a man to preach and show them what they are by nature and what they must be, but through the work of God and. Uh, and then they get uh, get themselves involved in a church, and it'll just keep on going. Well, amen. So, 
Uh, I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate what Marilyn read, and I, you know, also all the other um, testimonies that's been given. Yes. Steve, let me tie some of this together for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I joined this church when I was just about 16 years old and uh, went on, Lisa and I went on to college together and, and lived together, but I got a, a teaching degree and uh, went to work at a little school, Lowe's Fork, and, um, and this is not bragging on me at all, but you see where I'm going with this, but um, I could relate to those kids, Sister Maggie, because I was not raised in a Christian home and, and Daddy, you know, was drunk a lot and, and fighting Mom and Daddy. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on at my house. Took a lot of refuge at, at Lisa's house because I never saw that there. But I could think of example after example at school, some little kids that in junior high school, dressed with the black stuff, and one particular, I'm so proud of how she's turned out, but I can remember praying. Some of her little friends asked me if we could pray. Well, you know, teachers are not supposed to. I don't care. My God's bigger than this Board Amen. of Education. And I can remember outside, we were in a little trailer out in the backyard at Oaks Fork, and I can remember going out there being about three or four other little girls praying for one particular girl and she had had she would draw death symbols on her paper and just she had a terrible life where her stepdad had killed his brother and buried him I mean I could tell you stories but right now she's the lunchroom manager at Luxport High School and we have that connection because I know she's been saved Amen. I mean, God, nothing else from his granddaddy to Candy Little. What a difference that has made. And I'm so thankful. So many kids that through the years have just committed suicide. And so many terrible stories, I can tell you. But there's some success stories there. And God has worked. God has worked in a little trailer out in the backyard of Locksport High School mm -hmm. and it looked hopeless for that young lady mm -hmm. but her friends wanted to pray and we prayed and God made the difference. Yes. Thankful this morning. Amen. Mm -hmm. Still making a difference.